0: Okay, welcome to our podcast, a gaggle of gals from the Stevenson Center. There's three of us here today. Um, To start off, we're gonna go around and tell you a bit about ourselves. Uh, We're really excited to talk today and tell you more about our past and what we've learned from this program. Um, And we appreciate your listenership. It's really good to support our (laughs) podcast. Um, So to start off, Bella, um, would you mind giving us a brief bio of yourself? So your name, which I just said, Bella, hometown, what your previous degree was in, um, and also very important, what is your focus in the Stevenson Center and your field of study? And then additionally, if you want to tell us more about your past volunteer work as well
1: sure so i'm bella
2: green i'm from huntley illinois so the suburbs of chicago so grew up in illinois um, and did my undergraduate work in illinois as well it was in i had a bachelor's in sociology um, which is also the program i'm in at illinois state through the stevenson center i'm in the sociology track um, and i served as an americorps vista prior to this so I did my service year at a university doing service learning work. And then before that, I had some volunteer background in volunteer work. I did a lot through my church. So doing kind of summer mission, mission trips and just kind of odd volunteer opportunities throughout the year. I did a couple of things on my own while I was in community college, um, an ESL tutoring um, and a home visitation for elderly residents. So service has been Kind of in my background so getting to continue to do that has been great.
0: What do you think the most rewarding aspects um, were of your AmeriCorps service like your maybe your proudest or most memorable moment?
2: Yeah I think so it, they just had started a service learning program so it's bridging the classroom and the community so if you ever were in a class And you went and volunteered somewhere as part of the class that would be considered service learning. And so, being a part of the team that was starting that program was really awesome. We were faculty facing, so, AmeriCorps, the nature of AmeriCorps is that it's not direct service. I'm not on the ground doing the volunteering, I'm kind of arranging things in the background. And so, helping set things up, and especially helping faculty who were interested in this and wanted to do this with their classes but didn't have the experience or wanted the assistance to be able to help them and get to interact with all these different faculty members I otherwise would not have, like theater professors and mathematics and environmental studies and trying to find ways for all these different areas to still get involved in the community in their own way. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um, What did the, how did your AmeriCorps experience compare to any expectations you might have had of it? So I, when I first applied, I didn't know
2: it was AmeriCorps. I didn't know what AmeriCorps was. I just thought it was a position through a college, and then I learned more about it, and I was excited because I thought it was going to be, and it ended up being, I feel like, more than a normal entry-level job. I feel like I got greater responsibilities um, and got to do a lot of neat things, program development and putting together resources and doing research on a topic than I might have otherwise gotten to be able to.
0: That's awesome. How were the people that you met during your service year?
2: They were really supportive. I think especially faculty members who did have a background in service learning, it was humbling to learn from them uh, as I was navigating through it and to just sit down and talk with them about the profession and then to be able to pass that on to other faculty members and help support them.
0: That's really awesome. Thank you, Bella. Um, Hannah, can we move on to you, is that all right? Yeah. All right, um, so same thing, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, what your bachelor's degree was in, and then what your focus at the Stevenson Center is. And then additionally, you can tell us about your uh, Peace Corps experience and also your volunteer experiences as well.
1: Yeah, so my name is Hannah. Um, I am from Chicago, although I did go to um, junior high and high school in the south suburbs. Um, I got my bachelor's at Knox College in anthropology, sociology, and Spanish. Um, It was a liberal arts degree. And then I went on to serve in the Peace Corps in Guatemala. I was in the youth development program so that was my primary project and then i did some side projects focusing more on women's and girls development had some Mm -hmm. women's groups and also did some um, infrastructure projects i am in the stevenson center sociology track with bella and um yeah i think i think
0: covered that awesome um What do you feel like were the most, the proudest moments of your Peace Corps experience and the most memorable moments? Um, And then additionally, also, what do you think were some of the more challenging aspects of that program?
1: Mm. Um, I think most rewarding was really being able to do projects that were very much rooted in the community and community needs. With the women's group I worked with, um, we kind of all worked together to come up with a project. They wanted to install water basins in their village. They're called Pilas. Um, And we kind of built a project, did a Peace Corps partnership, raised some funds, um, but it very much felt like theirs and they really took ownership of the project. Um, And I think it was super rewarding to see how it empowered them to realize that like, hey, they came up with this idea, they made it happen. I was really only there to coordinate things, um, mm-hmm. Peace Corps, and that's really what what it should be all about rather than me coming in and trying to impart change or projects um, on, on them. I think challenging-wise, um, you know, Guatemala is known to be a pretty dangerous country. Um, and because Peace Corps is, um, it's a government program and they really do care very much about the security of their volunteers. Um, they have to respond when um, security issues arise. And the the region that I was in kind of during my time got more and more um, risky. It was close to some known drug routes and things like that. So what ended up happening was I had to leave um, a couple months earlier than my slated end of service. So it was really challenging in those last couple months to be faced with a much shorter deadline and having to wrap up everything I had planned on completing in my two years, in two months, less than two years, um, and kind of saying my goodbyes quicker than I thought I would have to, um, so that was tough.
0: Um, so, but I, you kind of talked about this a little bit already, I guess, by answering that last question, but how do you think that your experience compared to your expectations of it? I know people a lot of times from Peace Corps have, certain expectations and maybe they're not always met once they get there.
1: Yeah, um, I think I I went into B-score with as little expectations as I could, um, just because I didn't want to expect something and then be disappointed. Um, and I really didn't know entirely what I was getting into. You don't really know where you're going until pretty soon before, and then it all happens quite quickly. Um, but yeah, I think I think the like the setting in which I was living and all of that seemed kind of to align with what I would have expected. You know, a very rural rural village out in the mountains and northeastern Guatemala. Um, but yeah, I think the day to day lack of structure on my side. um, you know. Peace Corps, once you're done with those three months of training, you're, you're off, you're a free agent and you kind of do with your days and your time and your two years, um, what you want. And so really being able to, for the first time, arguably in my life, create structure and plans and, um, projects on my own, um, without a supervisor, without a boss was, um, was unexpected and very challenging, um, but I think really important, you know, an important first step
0: for me kind of coming out of school. Definitely, thank you so much. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the people you met and maybe some lessons that you learned from those people or the program experience in general?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, the people that I, you know, the people in my village were amazing, um, super hospitable. They really cared for me um, and were super willing to participate with me and, and kind of make the best of, of the partnership. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it verges on cliche, but when you go to a place where, um, it's so different than, than what you're used to coming from, um, you know, a wealthy Western nation, um, to somewhere that doesn't have the things that you've kind of taken, taken for granted, it's, it's, a, a really enlightening experience to see, um, how resilient people can be yeah. and um just the level of of yeah resiliency and hard work and everything that had to kind of go into life in this really rural kind of farm farm village um, really impressed me that's awesome thank you so much
0: um, i think i'll move on to myself here um, I might just ask myself the questions unless you all want to jump in. Yeah, well, you, you tell us um, your bio, and then we'll uh, yeah. we'll follow up. Help me out from there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I'm Rose. Uh, Rose Cummins. I'm from Greenbelt, Maryland, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. Have um, not lived there for a long time. I. Got my bachelor's from Earlham College um, in English. So again, related to what I'm studying now, but still appreciated it. Um, Earlham is a small school in Indiana. And then my Stevenson Center focus is um, Kinesiology and Recreation. So when I get my master's, it's gonna be in Recreation Administration. So um, for people who might not know a lot about that, we study um, recreation and leisure behaviors and uh, community education programs, community recreation programs, um, and a lot of management as well is what we focus on. Um, And then for Ameri, I did AmeriCorps. So I did AmeriCorps directly out of high school. So I was pretty young. I was one of the youngest on my team. I did AmeriCorps National Civilian Community Corps, AmeriCorps NCCC. So definitely not as professional as Bella's experience. Um, (laughs) It's a lot more like outdoors work. Um, But I do think there's some good professional aspects of it. So I got stationed in California. So I flew out from Maryland, little 18-year-old with my bag that they sent me to fill my stuff with. And then they signed me to a team of 10 people. And I traveled for 12 months with them. Um, And... We had the, by the, um, so we were stationed at a basin outside Sacramento, and we would go on four projects in between each project, we'd come back to Sacramento for a little bit for more training. And I did a project outside of Yosemite, um, working on a camp there doing maintenance. My second project, I was in Salt Lake City. So that's the Count, Utah, in that Pacific region for AmeriCorps. And I was working at a homeless shelter. Third round, I was back in Northern California doing trail work. And then my fourth round, they had us doing outdoor science education, um, as well as helping out at an outdoor um, urban garden in San Diego, so in Southern California. Um, I think the most rewarding aspects were just that it super put me out of my comfort zone. So I just lived in my small town of Greenbelt my whole life and then got sent here with people from all over the country. Um and it's physically challenging too you do a lot of physical training you get tested on your physical abilities um and i'm a little competitive and i so i like that part a lot um but it was definitely a challenge and you know sometimes you're camping for six weeks and other times you're sleeping on the floor of a school which is where we were staying in northern california or in the staff room of a homeless shelter so um it definitely were challenging moments, but I honestly do think that me being young was kind of a, a benefit of it. I wasn't jaded at all, because I had done nothing to that yet, where I think sometimes it might have been more challenging out of college when you're used to a little more independence. But I was, and people from out of college go into it being used to independence, and then they're kind of thrown back into this very structured thing. So kind of different from Hannah, you're very micromanaged and, and in Um but I had never had any experience of being on my own before so to me it was like the it was wild it was amazing so um I did I, that was definitely the most rewarding part is just gaining a lot of independence and meeting a lot of new people um and also just like networking so it's like people that I worked with when I was 18 now at almost 25 are still those connections are still definitely benefiting me I think a lot of people from AmeriCorps and Peace Corps have shared that, sentiment that people you meet you don't even sort of realize it but someone has a brother who works somewhere that knows a job that would be perfect for you or can write you a recommendation an old site leader Mm -hmm. so those parts of it I definitely um loved um so how did the experience compare to my expectations um I didn't really know what to expect that much so i went and like read like a lot of like reddit blogs and things about it um because they basically told us but basically what they tell us is kind of like a repetition of the elevator speech right like you'll go for 10 months 12 people you'll travel um you'll do work eight hours a day five days a week and then you'll have your team positions and your individual service hours um and I, I think I had really just focused on the main, like, need of it, which is that you're working with a team on service projects for 10 months and traveling, and I didn't, I think what kind of de- was a, more of a surprise to me, something that I wasn't expecting, was all the sort of independent individual leadership roles that they gave you, so, like, I got there, and I got assigned to be the project outreach liaison for my team and the service learning initiator, so service learning, I would have, try and help like give meaning to the service we are doing and then project outreach i was finding um projects for my team's independent service hours so you have to commit uh to a certain amount of service hours um in your year of service through america C. so that was something that i really was not i they, they totally i'm sure they told me about it but i still was not super expecting it and then i got there and i think that was really valuable for me because i was very on my own in that um and I had never done outreach work or anything like that before. And I really ended up liking it a lot and it's fully benefited me. Well, thank you, Rob. Yeah, overall, good experience, challenging but good.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, let's continue. Um, I would love to hear from everybody about how you found the Stevenson Center program at ISU. Um, maybe, Bella, we can start with you. What What led you to enroll in the Stevenson Center?
2: Yeah, so uh, getting a master's was not uh, what I thought I would be doing. I finished undergrad, and I wanted to get to work. I wanted to start just working and using what I learned in undergrad, and then I found what became my AmeriCorps experience, and then I found out it was AmeriCorps, and it was only a year long, and I think that was good because it gave me that gap To kind of figure out what i was interested in give me the work experience but then start gaining interest in going back to school and of course with americorps giving the educational award that kind of helped me narrow down what schools i would go to um because there were there's a select number that give additional financial aid on top of the educational award and illinois state was one of there were two i think that matched it really well. It was basically, if you were able to get into these fellows programs, it covered almost all of your expenses. So that was really motivating. And so I applied to these two schools, um, both in the sociology programs. um, And so of course the financial aspects, but I think also both of these programs had it mixed practical with academic. So the Stevenson Center obviously has the first year academic and the second year at the applied um, internship aspect and the other school i was applying to did that but it was kind of intermixed with the two years um so both of them i thought i was getting the education i was getting to go back to school i really liked the discipline of sociology i was excited to learn more but also to get that work experience at the same time and to have it kind of at a higher level than what maybe i could find on my own for an internship to have this reputable program link me up with an organization that they were partnered with and get experience in that way was um, really neat. And then I got in um, and yeah, so now I'm here. I don't know if that answered all the questions, but.
1: Yeah, Um, how did your classes go during the first year? Did you have a favorite, some challenges?
2: Mm -hmm. It
1: was definitely rigorous.
2: Because it's it's like an enhanced course load, like more coursework than the normal master's program. So adjusting to that, definitely, it just became my life. Like It was like I would wake up 8 a.m., I'm reading for whatever, preparing for my TA ship, and then I go to, I'm on campus. There were some days I was in the same building for 12 hours, just like doing my TA ship or doing my own work and then I'd get home I'd read theory until 10 at night and then start it over so it was just very immersed in it It which is kind of me it was kind of to focus on something that I liked learning about for so long and of course I think I don't know if I would have been able to do it if we didn't have such a supportive cohort to know that others were in it at the same time um, and had similar challenges and similar stress loads and things I think that really helped me make it through that first year Um, in terms of courses that I like. I like theory. I think theory is cool. It was nice to get like a graduate level theory course. And then I've really enjoyed the thesis aspect actually to find a topic to kind of narrow down a research topic and then just read as much as I can about it and become almost an expert in this kind of niche area is neat to me, so Yeah.
1: yeah. We'll we'll talk about our research um, a little later, but mm-hmm. what what was that process like for you? Kind of honing in on um, a single topic.
2: Yeah, so I wanted something that was relevant. I didn't want I wanted it to carry to stay with me past graduate school. And so taking the time to figure out what that might be, what my interests were, what I was studying in undergrad, and seeing if I wanted to mature any of that, or kind of what direction I wanted to go into. And I think it helped a lot to get to know my professors. It was just an excuse to pop into somebody's office and say, Can I talk this through with you? And I really, it helped me get to know my professors a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, kind of picking out my topic and refining it and then moving forward with actually doing the research. So.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Rose, how about you? Um, what landed you at the Stevenson Center?
0: Yeah, so similar to Bella, I was definitely not planning on getting my master's degree. I was like, got my bachelor's, that's it. Um, But I knew I wanted to work with recreation. Um, So I love community recreation. Um, I just think that it's, you know, joy is a human right. And that's a good way to get people to experience joy together. So I was really passionate about that. And I also my Americorps experience was really important to my like identity and my career path. So I kind of wanted that community, strong community influence, um, but I knew I wanted to pursue recreation. I did not know that you could study recreation at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think that maybe like the schools I grew up around, I went to a small school for college, and they definitely did not have recreation. And then on it's a definitely a bigger thing. So Illinois is actually like the gold standard for recreation schools. U of I has a fantastic program. Um, and so does Illinois State. Um, so it's like more well known here, but I didn't really understand that you could study that. And I was working at a Girl Scout camp the summer before my senior year of college um, in Champaign, Illinois. So about an hour from here in Bloomington Normal where I am currently still. Um, and one of my coworkers was an alum of the Stevenson Center. So they did the Peace Corps prep program, which they used to do. Um, and she, I was saying, Oh, I love recreation. I don't really know if I want to go back to school because I don't know how I'd study that. And she's like, Well, you can study it. And there's a program that is specifically for AmeriCorps alums where they would place you in a recreation, um, you get your master's in recreation administration and you would work for that department, and you would also get your fellowship with community um, and economic development. And I was like, that is completely wild that the exact this exact fit exists. Um, so I looked into it and applied. And then um, once I got in, I was very excited and then graduated college and then packed up my stuff and moved to Illinois. Um, so I was going from Indiana to Illinois. Um, classes were great. I I really love my recreation classes. They were definitely really challenging, but they're super hands-on, and that is like I just learn and think much better like when I am doing things, um, like just physically moving with it. Um, so that was really great. Like I had my favorite class was management of recreation. So we actually uh, our biggest project was that our professor had us complete a needs assessment of the recreation department for a neighboring town El Paso Illinois um, so we collected data from the town we took a citywide survey and we presented on it and we held focus groups um, and we made um, professional recommendations on what what how they should use their recreational budget um, so that was just so cool for me because it was like, everything I nerd out about because it was like community engagement and um, talking about how you can effectively use a city budget for recreation, why it's worth investing in. um, And that was just really fantastic. Um, I also really did like our community development classes, um, the classes that I took at the Stevenson Center. Um, My favorite one that I took was one that actually me, Hannah and Bella all were also working on a project together. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did a project what was the name of that class project design yeah project design yeah we did that in our spring semester and we and um, one other woman too, Rebecca we all worked on a project with the local YWCA and we helped give them professional recommendations on what they should do if a space they were looking to reuse Mm-hmm. So that was super rewarding as well, because it was that similar thing where it's hands-on and you don't even realize how much you've learned through the process until the end, and you realize all the research you spent doing. So I think that's something cool about the Stevenson Center, is it kind of um you don't always I don't didn't always realize all the skills I was learning, maybe until I started my professional practice and realized that I could apply them. Um, mm-hmm. seconding uh Bella definitely was very challenging, very long days. Um so for my assistantship I was teaching um, exercise classes so students take exercise classes for credit Um, so I was teaching four credits at a or no I was teaching six credits at a time Um, and then so I was teaching first aid and CPR classes and then I was also teaching cycling classes and later aquatic fitness classes. So I like the fact that they're very um hands-on and we're working out and we are talking and I like things related to community health. So that was interesting too for me. Um but it definitely was overwhelming because being the sole instructor for those classes and grading and dealing with students. And I also just graduated college. So a lot of my students were not that much younger than me. So you know mm-hmm. trying to be appropriately authoritative but also understanding that i'm also just a graduate assistant as well that was definitely challenging um and yeah there was definitely those days where i know we all experience this where you were like oh i'm gonna go in and then i'll get to go home for lunch and then i'll come back and take my class and then no you're there at like 9 a.m and your class is over at like 10 p.m and you're like i have been outside maybe once all day um so those were definitely really long challenging days but um i do they were so busy in a way that it kind of went by really quick. So like all of a sudden you'd be like, oh my gosh, it's a new week. So it wasn't ever like the days were so long and they were dragging on. It was almost like the days were so long and they were going so fast because um, at the end of the day, you, everyone was doing something. They were passionate yeah, about. it
1: did it did go by quickly. <laughs> I think it's um I think it's an important difference to note that you know for our graduate assistantships. Bella and I in sociology, we were assigned to really support a professor. So, doing grading and supportive work, office hours, maybe some co teaching. But for KR, you were very much the professor, kind of yeah. doing, doing it all from start to finish. Yeah. And that's a really
0: cool hands on experience that you got, too. Yeah. And, to- and I think it's something that is, yeah, that's a thank you for bringing up, Hannah. I think that's something that's really important too for recreation professionals to have so um if people are listening to this and are interested in recreation then if you're getting your if you're thinking that you'd want to get your um cprp so certified uh recreational professional um that really helps you get a job and i'm starting in the process of working towards that this year Um, so it's my small dog moving around Um, (laughs) and those classes really help me like demonstrate. So like when I am studying or looking at jobs, um, I can say I had this hands-on experience teaching and instructing of leadership because in so much of recreational jobs are about, can we give you this crowd of 20 people and can you place them all in a volunteer position and get this event to work and make it an effective community um, experience. So I think that that was definitely A big challenge for me but it was now it's definitely paying off so
1: yeah yeah that's great
0: um well i guess i'll
1: i'll touch on my answer um to this so i um i guess i'm a bit of an odd woman out and that i took about i took nine years between undergrad and entering my master's program so i spent um obviously two years doing peace corps and then several years um, kind of dabbling in multiple um, sectors, I worked for nonprofits, I worked for higher ed, and did quite a bit of traveling. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to get my master's. I just didn't know how or what it would look like. I kind of envisioned doing it through um, a job, um, but I actually got a an email from Capca, which is the Chicago Area Peace Corps Association. So that kind of harkens back to what Rose said earlier about these kind of long standing networks that we get from AmeriCorps and Peace Corps. Um, And it mentioned the Stevenson Center Program and how it was a full scholarship and all the benefits. And so that really kind of got my wheels turning and I did some research and um, this, the Stevenson Center Program ended up being the closest match to what I, what, uh, what I wanted in a program. Um, it was close enough to Chicago to not be a crazy relocation. Um, and I felt that I would be supported um, as a slightly older graduate student. Um, but I always felt very much accepted by the cohort. And we, we had a good range of um, people straight out of an AmeriCorps, straight out of college, um, or with, with more years of work experience. So it was a nice diverse group. Um, yeah and I guess class wise you know it it absolutely was a super intensive year but you know all said and done I'd much rather have done it the way we did it where we cram all that coursework in for year one and now that we're in our professional practice year that's all we need to focus on you know that in our research I can't imagine being able to juggle coursework and professional practice work and research, you know, I'm, 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 I'm better at really throwing myself into one thing. So yes, the course load was crazy and we had our graduate assistantships on the side. Um, but yeah, you kind of just learned to live in Trader Hall and, you know, read during your lunch period and really just kind of grind it out. And at the end of the day, it's two semesters. It flies by. Um, yeah. Yes, it's stressful, but we were all in it together, the eleven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we kind of through thick and thin, made it made it through. <laughs> we're all still standing. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that
0: you said that. i I think we were we all were very supportive of each other, and mm-hmm. I think previous cohorts have been the same.
1: Yeah, I think the Stevenson Center is sure, like ma- makes sure to foster that in mm-hmm. our orientation activities and everything that we that we do. Kind of feel like a group that we have classes all together, mm-hmm. masters, so that we can all support each other through the through the toughness <laughs> of year, the, the intensity.
2: And I think it it was very rigorous, and it was a uh, like you say, you kind of get tunnel vision a little bit, but I think we did a good job of remembering that you can take like Friday evening or something to get together to have the cohort through like struggling times. But also I think it was really helpful to have those little breaks and that everybody understood it. They were like, we know you only have two hours and then you have to go back to work. So mm-hmm. let's like take it easy for two hours and then get back to it. So I think the cohort helped balance that
1: as well. Definitely. Yeah. And professors, I mean, in sociology, at least I can attest that professors were very understanding that of what Stevenson Center meant, you know, that Mm -hmm. we were taking these extra course, course loads that we had a lot going on and they were cognizant of that, um, you know, still held us to high standards. But I think there was some yeah, I felt like there was a sentiment of we know that you guys are, you know, kind of doing the grind and we'll work with you as much as we can. Yeah. Well, I'll pass it over to you, Bella.
2: Yeah. So now that we've discussed kind of our backgrounds and then what brought us to the Stevenson Center, um, our background in service and things, let's talk about where we're at now because we're all in our second year. Um, We're each a couple months in now, at least, into our professional practice. Um, So I guess maybe we'll start with Rose, if you could kind of say where your professional practice is, where you're at, um, the organization and the location, um, and just kind of what are the big projects that, because each of us had to develop a work plan, and so what are the Mm -hmm. projects that um, you're working on, have completed,
0: or are planning to complete? Yeah, thank you, Bella. Um, so I am placed with the city of Bloomington. So if you all don't know this yet, if you're interested in applying, that's why you're listening to this, there's um, the town of Normal and the city of Bloomington are- cities basically they are right next to each other and kind of fade into one another um and do a lot of what I've learned from this job is they do a lot of collaborative work so ISU isn't normal but um like I've lived in Bloomington since I moved here and it was like seven minutes to campus so mm-hmm. I'm for the city of Bloomington living in Bloomington so I didn't have to move that's nice um me and my dog got to stay put we moved to apartment like two blocks away so um and I really like it. I'm in the community development department, so very fitting for our program. Um, and I work very closely with one of the planners, um, and I mostly, though, work with the grants coordinator. Um, her name's Jennifer. She's really awesome. Um, we – and they've given me a lot of independence to do projects, so I've been working on grants. So I helped write a grant application and it got funding for the city. So that was really excited. Definitely my proudest moment there. Um, and now we're working on the census census initiative. So census 2020, that's a big push, trying to make sure everyone's counted. Uh, working on the consolidated plan. So right now the city is, um, they just closed yesterday at midnight applications for Um, community development block grant so organizations in town can um, within the city can apply for money that the city is granted at a federal level um, and then they will distribute it as they see fit so we're working on that right now and we are in the midst of getting ready to publish our consolidated plan that describes what our plan is to do with our money and the partner organizations that we will be funding over the next five years so a lot of work with that. and sort of census consolidated plan and doing grants, I'd say are my three main focuses, but I also do stuff with planning and zoning and some GIS experience too. They sent me to a GIS conference, which was just in normal, but it was really fantastic, a great experience. So learning a lot more about community mapping. Um, And it really does play into a lot of my parks and recreation experience because um, a lot of what I do is like talking with people and communication and, help like writing things for people. And I think my Parks and Rec experience of management and community outreach and survey experience has really really come in handy of this position. So um, it's definitely like an intense position because you're doing so many different things. I have not really just one focus um, and a few different people that I'm reporting to, but overall it's been really fantastic and all of the supervisors are really great and, um, Jennifer, the grants coordinator, she has really given me some good room to grow and helped me answer all of my two million questions. So I would say that my experience has been very um, positive.
2: Yeah. yeah. And um, you had mentioned in the last question that the you have experience and you have skills that you developed last year that you've been able to apply or have applied to your mm-hmm. professional practice. Did you want to talk more about that?
0: yeah sure so i think that some of the stuff we learned in community development just like we talked about cdbg grants and we Mm -hmm. talked about TIF districts and um, city funding and also we talked about a lot of projects and historical community development that's relevant to mclean county and bloomington normal so just having that background was really helpful for this position like going in understanding at a basic level like how federal housing projects work um, that was really important because most of what community development departments do is um, housing for people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that was really useful. And then, yeah, any community outreach work that we did, so like that the project design class we did, that was really cool, um, that helped me. And I still see the woman we worked with um, from the YWCA, she is at a lot of meetings that I'm at. So just like even connections like that is another example of um, those outreach benefits. Additionally, I um, the management classes I took at Parks and Rec, just learning again how to do those surveys, how to create surveys too, was really helpful because I think a lot of the things that the Community Development Program at Stevenson Center does is not just tell you what things are, but show you how to create them. So, like, of course, I know I knew what a community survey was before coming in, um, and I could have taken one, but I would not have had any idea of how to like create a survey or what is effective to um, what are effective strategies for community development and for survey making and just that general sort of wider knowledge helps me make every day smaller decisions like what should I be saying to this person to um, kind of relay what we want from this project and just things like that.
2: So. Yeah. And Anna uh, did you want to share where are you at, both the organization and the location? And then what are some big projects you're working on or? plan to get done during your professional practice?
1: Yeah, um so I am at the Financial Health Network, formerly CFSI in Chicago. So I moved from Chicago to Bloomington Normal for year one and then straight back up to Chicago for year two, but this is where I'm from so it feels comfortable. Um, Financial Health Network is a nonprofit that focuses on improving the financial health of Americans um, through research, um, through through being kind of like a network hub and a network organization, and through consulting. Um, so, I work as part of their programs team, and the programs team focuses on doing projects and that kind of live either in the research and measurement side of things or the consulting side of things. So, um, to date, and really from when I started in July until the holidays, um, all of my work has been very much seated in the research and measurement. And then um, kind of January, post-holidays onward, I'm hoping to do some more work with the consulting side of things, because that's kind of maybe where I have my um, sights set for um, future career um, Plans, but um, yeah. so the project I've worked on, um, the kind of first substantial project was very quantitative. Um, was analyzing market data, um, doing a it's called the market sizing report. It's an annual report where we look at the size of the underserved financial market. So that would be any sort of products that are known to um, potentially be. Um, not necessarily predatory but that, that that we know that people who don't have access to mainstream financial services tend to use so payday loans um subprime auto loans buy here pay here auto loans subprime leasing things like that and we we take those mm-hmm. markets and we size them in revenue and volume and we put this report out to try to illuminate the opportunities that stand for financial services institutions to fill those gaps um, and really meet the needs of the underserved um, population. So that was my first big project and that was really quite out of my comfort zone even though we had some really amazing quantitative uh, coursework in sociology, this was um, kind of much more on the, market analysis side of things which i'd never had experience doing so it was a steep learning curve and a lot of hair pulling but i learned a lot Um, and now i'm working on another project that's very qualitative um, with we're looking at the low to moderate income 50 and older and their inclination to adopt digital financial services so we're doing interviews and focus groups in omaha and um, Memphis and New York, and kind of piecing together some design strategies that we can then um, present to financial services providers um, for how they can innovate for this certain kind of subsect of the population. Um, So it went from very much staring at spreadsheets all day to Mm -hmm. being on the ground in interviews and um, writing those up. So. really wide range of experience and, um, I've enjoyed it quite a bit, even though it's been, it's been challenging. Um, and as far as, you know, how my coursework from last year has helped, I think so sh- we had some really great methods coursework built in we had quantitative methods in the fall we had qualitative methods in the spring um and it kind of was integrated in other coursework as well so for me with so much time in between my undergrad and this i needed that refresher and i am absolutely applying those methods daily um daily in my work so
2: yeah and do you have any words of advice I suppose because with the steep learning curve kind of what would you recommend because um yeah you kind of have to see where your placement ends up being and it might be a new experience so what would you recommend for kind of overcoming that initial shock maybe
1: yeah yeah i think for me you know imposter syndrome is always real <laughs> You know, you start a new place and you you are like at least i do automatically look for ways in which i am not enough or not qualified or not you know and that frankly is a waste of time and i think i had to kind of reteach myself very quickly to get over that and, and figure out what questions I wasn't asking and how mm-hmm. to ask them and who to talk to um, and, and really just how to figure out what it was that I was supposed to be doing and, and do it. Um, yeah. So I think, and I yeah, and I think I was able to do that because when you're thrown into a project and you have to kind of deliver this thing by a deadline um, it's kind of do or die and you kind of put your, put your ego on the side and say, Hey, I can do this. You know, I have, Mm -hmm. I have enough experience. I just have to figure out who, you know, who to talk to, where to pull from and make it happen. And yeah. yeah, Fake it till you make it, I guess is the (laughs) overall message there. (laughs) Yeah. And then I I
2: could jump into mine then. Um, I am, working at the Housing Assistance Council in Washington, DC. So it's my first time out of state, doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved, I'm living in Maryland and working in DC and Housing Assistance Council is a national housing nonprofit that specializes in rural housing. Um, Because with a sociological background, I've looked into housing, I was interested in housing. That's why um, it was, the organization I was most interested in joining because I wanted to learn more about housing generally. Um, but this focus on rural is something, rural, it makes up such a large land mass of the country, but oftentimes they get left out of the conversation. Um, so being able to focus on these underserved populations is awesome. Um, I'm in the research and information division. I was brought on and From day one, the first, even before I started, um, my boss emailed me some materials and he's like, you're going to help write a report on this thing called low income housing tax credits. And I was like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm still working on it. We actually sent, we're finalizing our drafts and we're sending it off to get edits done um, probably this week. And so it's been a very long process, Yeah, (laughs) but learning about this. And it's the most successful form of housing assistance currently. So it's important, but it's super complicated, like most government programs I'm learning. And so helping with that. Um, And I do other odd project tasks. They do these, um, every other week, they release a report of research. They have this um, quarterly, paper they have this massive report they publish every 10 years in line with the census that's kind of like what's the situation of rural housing um kind of what's going on right now here's an update 10 years later and so i'm helping with that and my i'm focusing on a part of the report that focuses on a region near the u.s mexico border where there's a lot of rural housing um and so kind of all these different areas but they all center on rural housing so it's been good Um, and I'm learning a lot and using the skills that I have um, pulling a lot of data a lot of quantitative stuff pulling census data for these reports making maps um, using the skills I have we're just learning about something I know nothing about but then putting it into a report that's going out to a wider audience all of those um, practical skills yeah. And I also with the community development course, I think it was with you, Rose, we did creative placemaking. placemaking. Yeah. yeah. And I walk I came into the organization and they have a branch. They just started doing creative placemaking in rural communities. Awesome. Yeah. And so I mentioned that I had a background in it and now that's kind of a part of my work too, where they have this cohort of 20 rural organizations and they all have these unique placemaking projects. So like updating their main street or um, creating a walking path, like all these ways to improve it, but using creative ways, using design and stuff. So it was kind of having that slight background in it, and now I'm kind of immersed in this um, division of the organization that's been really neat and different than some of the research work that I'm doing, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah
0: all right well thank you Bella (laughs) for leading that last question Um, now to wrap things up we're gonna talk a little bit about next steps so um, if we can start with you Hannah Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to tell us a bit about your next steps. so what your thesis is about what you're working on um, any plans to present your research um, is there any sort of jobs you have in mind or continuing education you wish to seek and then maybe Mm -hmm. some Closing thoughts or advice? Sure.
1: Um, so in terms of my professional practice, I'm just really looking and working with my supervisor to get assigned to some consulting projects. I think that's going to be a really good experience for me. Um, and as I go into my job search, really, I think I'll be looking at, at positions that are heavy in the research um, realm. Um, research and measurement, maybe some nonprofit consulting to to be determined. Um, I'm also working on my thesis, um, which is on volunteer tourism. I collected qualitative data over the summer in Guatemala at a volunteer tourism organization. So um, I'm kind of at the tail end of coding my transcripts now um, and then hoping we have a, a, I have a week off for Christmas. I'm hoping to really kind of grind down during that week and start writing up some preliminary analysis sections and kind of keep that momentum going because it is a balancing act, working 35 hours a week, and then also having some personal research to do on the side. Um, But it's it's a topic that I chose because I am passionate about it. I obviously have a place, you know, in my heart for Guatemala, so, that if, if nothing else that kind of drives mm-hmm. that forward um and i think any kind of last advice um i think is that that you know as you kind of grind through the first year of the program you know take advantage as much as you can. And when you're thinking about research topics for the second year, you have this option for capstone or thesis, but really try to pick something that either you are super passionate about and or is connected to kind of the career path you see yourself on. Um, so I was you know, really kind of thinking, if I work in international development of any kind, volunteer tourism will have practical application. So, Um, It's something I could talk about in an interview, for example, Um, and I think that's, that was good advice that I got during my first semester that I would
0: pass along. Well, thank you, Hannah. (laughs) Um, Moving on to Bella now, Uh, again, same thing, do you mind telling us about your next steps? So, thesis, any plans you might have to research? jobs or continuing education you're thinking about, and then maybe a closing thought or advice for a prospective student.
2: Yeah, so my thesis I'm currently working on, um, I, it's on local community government and the interactions that they have. So very similar to the work that you're doing, Rose. probably where you have to gather input from the community. Um, you'll do surveys, you'll do public hearings, And then that typically gets incorporated into a comprehensive plan or something like that. But looking at those communication channels between those two groups, because it's one group um, acting on behalf of the general public. So in what ways is everybody's voice being included? Mm -hmm. In what ways are you ensuring that you're getting certain populations? Um, And so I'm studying those interactions. And I did interviews with local leaders, so planners and economic developers, um, council members, older men and women and things like that. And so I've collected the data, I've transcribed it, and now I'm in the process of coding it and analyzing it and putting it into my paper. And my goal is to put it into a publishable form and maybe send it out to journals. That would be neat. I didn't realize that was a thing. I didn't know that was an option, but then once I heard about it, I was like, that's a good kind of goal to to give myself to. So those are my plans. That's kind of it. I suppose I could apply for conferences and things, which I've been um, looking into a little bit, but nothing specific. And then kind of next steps. Um, I think that's where I see myself going. The direction professionally that I see myself going is maybe into the planning field, local government and things like that um I think it was again it's a really good opportunity I've gotten to because I was interested in housing and I wasn't sure if maybe I wanted to do that a nonprofit or a um, housing authority or something like that and I'm getting that experience now um but enough to kind of figure out what I want to be doing um more long term uh And the work that I'm doing, kind of government programs and policies and things are all related. I'm still getting all of these skills that are going to be relevant. But uh, that's kind of where I see myself going next. Uh, And then kind of recommendations is very similar to Hannah's. I'd say pick research that's relevant to you. Um, Maybe you don't know where you're going to end up. Or maybe you have a bunch of interests that are not quite related but at least picking one of them and making everything relevant to you um, more long term in what you're kind of doing. Because the exciting part about my thesis is, uh, is I'm becoming kind of an expert in community, not an expert because I don't have the practical experience, but I'm learning a lot about research in the background in community planning. Um, and that's if that's where I end up, that's going to be relevant for years to come. So. I think definitely taking time, you've got the year of schooling to do these research projects, so kind of make them, make the most of them for yourself.
0: So. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. I guess I'll jump into my version, unless unless you have any um, other final advice from either of you, <laughs> to bits of wisdom. <laughs> No, you go ahead, Rose. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, next steps. Um, I do not have a thesis or a capstone. Yay, join Parks and Rec. You don't have to do a thesis or a capstone. Um, I did some research over the summer instead. So, instead, you take like an extra course, basically. Um, it was an independent study, really, though. Um, and I worked with the director of the KNR program, and I worked with Girl Scouts of central Illinois and I set up recreational programs, um, to help them earn their first aid badges since I was teaching first aid. And I think that, you know, Boy Scouts get to learn all sorts of cool first aid stuff. So it's nice for Girl Scouts stuff, get as many of their first aid, aid badges as they can. So I, um, yeah, an event, I think it was 50 girls that got their first aid badges. Um, and I did like the sort of procurement of that, allow, getting people to allow me to do that, the planning and research on Girls Got Next Steps, talked to some public education officers locally, um, and designed the materials, wrote the lesson plans, uh, helped act, there was an, like an actual event where I went in and we did, I think four of their eight steps Um, for it, so they got half of it done in that time, which is nice, Um, worked with the Girl Scout camps of Central Illinois, um, so that when, you know, their parents are paying for them to go to camp, and they come out, and that was just a good camp experience, but also with these badges that can take them to the next steps, um, in what Girl Scouts really is, which is a service organization at a certain point, the older you get, Um, so that was awesome for me, and then I wrote about it um and submitted that and did some evaluations of it um and yeah that was mine it was very hands-on it was like an intense kind of like one month period that i had to do it so it was kind of like a challenge like you have to do you have to help this many people earn um this achievement in a month so go forth um but then it was done so now I have my professional practice and that's the only thing I need to dedicate my time to so that is really exciting um for me um I'm really enjoying that <laughs> um and then so I uh, I have actually some research that I had been working on with the therapeutic recreation department under kinesiology and recreation. So that is a recreation that works with like mental health organizations, um, special needs organizations. And I had done some research on core room mindfulness and how that can be applied at a college setting to um, reduce stress among students, but um, also sort of like as a recreation modality, so maybe that's something that could be introduced um, in special needs facilities and uh, mental health facilities. Um, so I did took some core classes and wrote a proposal for a research project that I two undergraduate students I got to pick up, so I've been helping talking to them a little bit about it. Um, so hopefully I'll have both of them fully agree to do it and then I would maybe eventually help them present that, but that's kind of off in the distance for now um i do i don't as of now i don't have plans to get a phd or continuing education but i really would like to have a job in recreation or um, some sort of community development job but ideally recreation either with a municipality because i really have enjoyed working with local government or I would love to work at like a Boys and Girls Club or YMCA or YWCA. So a larger national organization, Girl Scouts, I'd be happy to work there too. Um, and I would love to do either like um, advocacy work for them. So advocacy writing or outreach, or I would love to do sort of program design. So helping them figure out maybe at like, high, like a larger level, what sort of programs are most beneficial to the um, strategies and what this organization stands for so um, that ideally is what I like to do and then closing thoughts um, just that yeah the first year is really tough Um, I mean the whole thing is a challenge but really do try and form that bond with the people in your cohort because it's been very beneficial like we would as Bella was saying we would hang out a lot and that I think really helped us all to be like to realize you're not the only one that's overwhelmed and stressed. Um, <laughs> and that's nice to have that community to lean on. And then definitely like take advantage of as many resources as possible. Try and go to any conferences that you can. Um take advantage of the student discounts, just anything. For a lot of people, this is the last time you will like be a student unless you're getting your PhD. So trying to like, you know, your school has like um health services and mental health programs and wellness programs free like not free gym membership obviously but a gym membership that's included in your student fees so Mm -hmm. taking advantage of all those things as on like a personal wellness level but then also um any sort of professional development that they offer just try and go to all of it because in my head i kind of like i would try to go to all the professional development things for kinesiology and recreation. And even if I was like a little embarrassed or didn't know anyone, it's kind of like, what do you have to lose? You're a grad student here for two years. Like that's all the time you have here Um, and -hmm. you're living off campus. It's different, it's not like you're trying, it's a different feeling than undergrad. So you don't have much to lose by really sort of putting yourself out there even if it feels a little
2: embarrassing sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Should we do breakfast cereal?
1: And <laughs> now yeah, we are closing. Nice. Who wants to lead it? Lead it. <laughs> Should I? Sure. <laughs> all right. Um well in closing we are going to do a quick um one quick last question, fun question. Um but thank you all you know everybody out there in the world listening to this. <laughs> Thanks for giving <laughs> All of our fans. Yeah, Rose (laughs) and Bella and and myself, time, um, your time to hear us out. Hopefully this was illuminating in some way (laughs) or another. Um, And in closing, um, and I'll turn this question to um, Bella first. Bella, if you were a breakfast cereal, which would you be and why? (laughs) I had to like think about it just in case (laughs) I
2: came to this. I think I'd be Honey Nut Cheerios. (gasps) <gasps> oh no <laughs> are we a honey nut cheerios group because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good for the heart it's hearty but it's got a little bit of sweetness it's classic <laughs> never go wrong and Aldi sells it and it's normal brand that's how you know, it's know. Good.
0: yeah gotta love Aldi yeah oh number one grad school tip is love Aldi.
1: <laughs> love Aldi. Rose, if you were a breakfast cereal, which would you be and why?
0: Well, I was gonna say Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> um, I think though, in retrospect, that was mostly because I just had them for breakfast from Aldi. They're on sale this week. <laughs> um, but I also have another answer, <laughs> which is Lucky Charms because okay lucky charms you got a lot of the same things that you got in cheerios right mm-hmm. fun shaped oat based <laughs> <laughs> cereal the little sweetness but also you know still got that heartiness I'm I mean I know it's terrible for you but then you also have fun marshmallows that are sugary and sweet and bright and indulgent um so I think it's nice to have both that sort of heartiness that reminds you, this is a food. (laughs) And also (laughs) those marshmallows that allow you to kind of go beyond that and make breakfast a fun experience. So grounding, but also you can have a little fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) I love love
1: Lucky (laughs) Charms. What about Um, you, Hannah? Yeah, so if I were a breakfast cereal, I, (laughs) and hear me out, because this is going to sound lame in the beginning, but um, I, would be, I would be oatmeal, but here's the explanation. Um, oatmeal is boring. However, I pride myself on, if nothing else, being an adaptable human being. I think I've done a lot of really different things in my life so far, worn a lot of hats, um, had to kind of adjust to different scenarios and think about oatmeal. You know, you can eat hot. You can have it sweet, savory, with fruit, with not. You can have it cold, the overnight thing. You can put it in smoothies as oh, a dinner. Yeah. You can make oatmeal cookies. I mean, the options are basically endless. It's delicious and hearty. Yeah, that, that, that's my cereal.
0: Amazing. <laughs> that's a really fantastic answer. I would definitely hire you. <laughs> Thank you, Rose.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, I think that wraps our um, Stevenson Center podcast, The Gaggle of Gals. Gaggle of Gals. Coming at you from Chicago, Maryland, and the Bloomington, Illinois. Thanks for
0: <laughs> tuning in. Yeah.